Make welcome, Brother John McDonald, Eureka, California. That hand clap belongs to Jesus today. Isn't he wonderful? Why don't you turn and greet somebody next to you there, tell them something real nice, give them some Christmas cheer this morning. Amen, amen, amen. We wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Such an honor to be here. It's been a few, few days, weeks, months, and years, and I am so honored to stand in this pulpit. And uh, if you are new to this church here, do yourself a favor and be here next week to hear Pastor Vasquez preach. He is one of the premier preachers of this generation. Absolutely phenomenal uh, preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm looking around and I see so many, I don't want to say old faces, I want to say faithful faces and familiar faces and so many new faces and I greet you in the name of the Lord today so excited what God's doing in your life had opportunity you may be seated I had opportunity to walk through the building and what great vision your leadership has I saw the scriptures that were scribbled on the platform there so excited what God's doing I'm believing that uh God's going to fill that building up with hungry souls. Amen. Standing here today, I thought 24 years ago in 10 days, I stood somewhere where I'm standing right now and told that beautiful lady over there, I do. And so this is a special, special time of the year, December the 10th. Mark that great time. Uh, I, I do want to honor the leadership of this church and honor uh, Bishop Wilson. He is my father-in-law. He's stuck with me, but I'll tell you what. He's one of my best friends in the whole world. They say you can take a picture of your friends, and it's a picture of your future. And if that saying is true, I'm in pretty good shape because here is a man that has faithfully stood the test of time. He's not a wandering star of the night as Jude talked about, but he has faithfully year after year and uh, just, just has represented what Christianity is. And Brother Steve, Sister Pat, we love you so much. In fact, all of our family is here having such a great time, extended family, and that is what Christmas is all about. Amen. How many's been brushing up on your Christmas carols? Now, if you're like me, I do a whole lot of uh, mumbling through the verses, and then, you know, you kind of hit that last word a little bit. We all know silent night, holy night. I got to look at my notes here. All is calm, all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child, sleep in heavenly peace. How many know stanza number two? Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, glorious stream from heaven afar. We got some choir members over here. 
They're saving everybody in jeopardy. Christ the Savior is born. What about third stanza now? Silent night, holy night. Yeah, you're just like me. Son of God loves pure light. My subject tonight, this morning on this Christmas Eve morning service is love's pure light. The stanza says, Son of God loves pure light. It does not mean that the Son of God loves or enjoys pure light. It is a description of the Son of God. Our babe in Bethlehem is love's pure light. Light is important to you and I today. In fact, if we did not have sunlight, photosynthesis would not work to uh, help us eat all of that food that is grown. If we didn't have sunlight, the world would freeze. In fact, if we were tilted on our axis, one degrees, we would freeze, or if it was tilted the other way, we would burn up. But everything is in perfect harmony because it's sustained by the word of God. Animals know when to migrate according to how much light there is. Uh, a deer begins the rut process, not because it's cold out, but according to the amount of light that a day will bring. Light is very, very important to us today. In fact, light is important to our well-being. Places like Alaska where the sun shines just a couple hours in a day. They have the highest rates of depression and even suicide because there's something about our well-being when the sun is shining. Everybody's in a little chippier mood, if you would. On a cold night, there's nothing like sitting around a campfire it's almost mesmerizing or hypnotizing staring into a fire. If, if you're alone on the side of a mountain, you always build a fire to keep predators away and you can sleep safely because light is very, very important. In fact, there are some here today, perhaps when you were a child, you like to sleep with a nightlight in your room because there's something about a light that keeps all of the monsters out of the closet and bedroom. Light is used as a measurement when we consider the vastness of space. You cannot measure it in mere miles, but we measure it in light years, the speed of light. It brings that understanding to us. When we talk about light, it talks about understanding. You are enlightened about the subject. Uh, let's shed some light on the story. It is the dark ages that represents a time when there was not a lot of understanding, but a lot of superstition and ignorance, if you would. It was angels that represented and, and brought about that great star in the night, and the lights came, and the angels sang, and that light of the star brought the shepherds to Jesus and, and they, the angels were there and the wise men came and it was light that brought about the Christmas story. 
John the Beloved had great insight into the nature of our God. In fact, John's the one who described God. He said, God is light and God is love. First John chapter 1 and verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. He does not have light. He does not emanate light. Light does not shine out of him, but very specifically, your Bible says that God is light. That's why Jesus, when he looked at a group of people, he said, I am the light of the world. David understood this in Psalms 104 and 2. He wrote about the Lord and he said, Thou coverest thyself with light as a garment. When John wrote about the great coming uh, blessed hope that we have, that place called heaven, he said, There is no need of the sun. There is no need of the moon. There is no need for external light because the lamb would be the light. How many's excited about that coming, soon coming play? So God is light. We go back to the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and he begins by saying, let there be, let there be light. Now we understand the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night did not come till day four. So I ask you, what light was there when he said, let there be light? It's quite obvious what it was. It was the very essence of God that he revealed to his world. He, he, he said, let me show you, let me, let me reveal myself to you as light. So before a sun was ever there, they could see because of the light that came from God himself. We see this when we look at the temple. It was the outer court had natural light. We come into that place called the holy place and there was the menorah and they would light that candlelight and they would do their business there. But to slip beyond the veil, there was not any way that light could penetrate that secure place. There is no utensil, there is no article, there is no furniture inside. There was light and that light was the sheer presence of God. It was divine light, it was holy light. It was the essence of the ark. In fact, the Bible says that his throne was between the cherubims and there they would commune with God. James had the revelation as well. Every good and perfect gift coming down from the father of lights in whom is no shadow or variable of turning. Said everything about your God was perfection. Everything about your God was holy and pure. There was, there was no sinfulness. There's no ignorance that everything about him. This is what I've come to understand. That your understanding of God manifests itself in your Christian walk with God. What you believe about God and who God is will manifest itself in the next few days when you have family member around. It's very important to understand the fullness of our God today. 
And one of those fundamental understandings is that God is light. You can study light to study God. What light does, God can do and will do in our heart and life. John further had the revelation. He talks about it in his first chapter. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Darkness can never overcome light. Every single time, light is greater than darkness. Light makes darkness disappear. Light always overpowers darkness. I, I just can't hardly wait to get to the good part. But I step into a world and we woke up to a world full of darkness today. If you turn on the news, there is darkness by every commentator. But I preach to you the light of God's glorious nature today. It dispels darkness. It removes darkness. It's a trump card every time. I rejoice over the light that we have in God. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we raise our hands. I thank God that light is greater than darkness. Micah chapter 7 shines light. He had revelation on it as well. Look with me in verse number 7 of chapter 7 of Micah. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. That's some more confidence there. Verse 8, rejoice not against me, O my enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. Watch now. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a... He says, while he has fallen, while he's overcome with darkness, he says, I know who God is. And I know that God is light. And I know God will come to me in my fallen state in my dark hour and he is going to raise me up and he's gonna do it in the context of light. I wanna preach to somebody here in the Holy Ghost today. I don't know, you may have tripped up along the way, but light will come and make you arise out of that dark place. <laughs> light is so powerful. To study light is to study God. Uh, Romans, Paul writes about it in the 13th chapter. And he says in the 12th verse, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on, watch now, the armor of light. That you could actually put on the armor of God's light. David had this revelation. He said it in Psalms 27. The Lord is my, the Lord is my light and he's my salvation, whom shall I fear? This idea of being afraid of tomorrow, this idea of being worried about tomorrow is because you have not put on the armor of light. When you put on the arm of the light, you say as David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
Nudge your neighbor and say, he's there to protect you today. In Acts chapter number nine, an incredible story, the manifestation of light. A man by the name of Saul is walking down the road. And the Bible tells us, let's read the account, chapter nine and verse three. And as they journeyed, they came to Damascus, near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him, watch now, a light from heaven. And he fell on the earth and he heard a voice. The light began to talk. And the light said, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the light that spoke said, I am the Lord. The Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. To study light is to study God because God said, I am light. Now this is where it gets absolutely amazing. When you study light, you come to the understanding that not all light is visible to the human eye. The majority of light is undetected by the natural eye. Invisible light is known to us as infrared light, ultraviolet light, x-rays, and gamma rays. Now I know that everybody's a legal hunter here, but I've known a few people that have put on some image-enhancing technology goggles called night-seeing goggles. And night-seeing goggles, typically used by the military, can take a completely dark situation and you snap on those goggles and what you couldn't previously see in ambient light all at once lights up everything that you're looking at. Take off the goggles, completely black. Put on the goggles and you can see what could not be seen before. It collects all of the light that is there that you cannot see by your natural eye. All light, whether visible or invisible to the natural eye, is simply a wave. Light manifests itself in short waves and long waves. And if I could have the slide up there today, I don't, I don't want to get bogged down in the mud here, but I just want to show you up here that right in the middle there is a visible wave. That's what you and I can detect with our natural eye. And then you have short waves and long waves that are light nonetheless. You and I just can't see it. So I'm preaching to people here today that we wake up, we do life, and we see the sunrise, and we think that that's all there is to life. All the while, there is a whole lot more light around us that is undetected by our natural man. All the while, we think we're making decisions and judgments and we're doing life and we're moving from point A to point B and we got things figured out. But I preach to you today that God, who is light, 
is so much greater than what you and I can see with our natural man. I don't know how deep your understanding is of God, but I promise you he's so much deeper than that. I don't know what kind of understanding, what kind of experience you've had with God, but on this Sunday morning, I've come to tell you, I promise you uh, there is so much more that God has for you. (laughs) 99.7% of a light cannot be detected by the natural eye. 99.7% of light that exists in our world is undetected by the natural man. Do you remember reading a scripture in the Bible that says, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for his people. But he did not stop there because he said by his spirit. I'm here to tell you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you speak in a heavenly language, he opens up a brand new world that cannot be experienced in the realm of the flesh today. I thank God for the power of his light. I don't know about you, but I don't want to wander in darkness. I don't want to stumble in darkness because God is light and there's so much more. It doesn't matter if you serve God for 50 or 80 years. You've scratched the surface of who and what God can do in your life. You ought not to leave this place depressed or heavy or broken. You need to leave this place with joy unspeakable and full of glory, peace that passes understanding. Somebody needs to say, hallelujah, Jesus is my life. So the human eye, wavelengths are measured in nanometers. The human eye only sees between 400 and 700 nanometers. Everything below 400, greater than 700, is undetected by the natural eye. Animals see different than you and I. That's why they're nocturnal. That's why them big bucks, they just lay down and only move at nighttime because they see on different wavelengths. Snakes move on different wavelengths. What is the greatest seen animal that there is? What animal has the sharpest seen at nighttime? Eagles probably maybe have it, but at Alta, I heard it over here. It is the owl. They can see in darkness like no other animal. This isn't really Bible, but what does an owl say all the time? Who, who, who? You know how you make it through your night season? You figure out the who, who, who. Do you know him today? Do you know him more than just a storybook 
Do you know him more than just the, what the preacher says about him? Do you walk with him? Does he know you today? Come on, we can make it through this night season because God is light. So watch now. Darkness conceals, light reveals. When the lady lost her, her stuff in the house, what did she do in Luke chapter 15? The Bible says she lit a candle to find what was lost. Watch now. Did light produce something that was there? No. Light did not produce something. It simply revealed what was already there. Why would you make a decision today without looking at the word of God? Why would you make a decision today uh, about your life, about your future, about the things God has uh, without first taking, the Bible says, the entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. When we open God's word and his spirit begins to talk to us, ladies and gentlemen, it does not reveal something brand new. It reveals what was there all along. Just our natural man could not see it. And today God is saying, I want to open your eyes. I want to give you a brand new night vision goggle for 2024 where you're not afraid of the political scene the financial scene uh, you're not afraid of any of that uh, because the Lord is my light can I tell you what 2024 is uh, it's revival year it's miracle signs and wonders year uh, it's fill up the church year uh, it's bust out break out uh, it's God doing the supernatural in this last day <laughs> let me hasten here we see the difference in the 12 spies. 10 spies just saw the walled cities. They saw the giants, but two saw completely different. Joshua and Caleb saw what the others could not see. They said, what about the promises of God? Two were looking with their natural man, or 10 were looking with the natural man, but two were looking through the eyes of the spirit. Can you see through the eyes of the spirit today? Do you see heaviness or do you see the possibilities that God wants to do this next year? Do you see the possibilities of what God could do in this service today? Do you see the possibilities that God can do in your family? Do you see the possibilities God could do in wayward children and backsliders? Come on, we got to put on the light of God today to see beyond what the natural man said well preacher you don't know how bad it is no you don't know how great the light is well I was abused I was broken I went no you the power of God's light always makes a way there is no temptation taking you but what is common to man but with it he'll make a way of escape the light of God's word always has an out if God's been faithful to you, why don't you clap your hands and let him know how grateful you are. Yeah. 
I don't want to belabor it, but a perfect example is Elisha and Elisha's servant. The servant looked out and saw the mountain surrounded by the adversary. Elisha prayed and said, God, let his eyes be open. And when he looked not by the natural man, but by the light of God, he saw what was there all along, but he was just looking through his natural man. Thomas, I know you won't believe unless you see the nail prints and you touch hither your finger into my side. There's always those kind of people around, maybe in this service today. But Jesus said, blessed are those that don't naturally put their finger in my side, but yet they still, I challenge you in the Holy Ghost today not to make decisions off of the natural man and the naturalized side. Jesus said there is a special blessing reserved for those who dares to see through the God of light. <laughs> My God shall supply all, everybody say all, all, all of your need according to his riches in heaven, not out of his riches in heaven. Not every time he gives a miracle to someone, it's depleting, but according to his riches in heaven. There is an unlimited supply of what God has provision for your life. It's okay to be blessed. It's okay to have victory. It's okay to have a smile on your face. It's okay to expect God to come in and do the supernatural. It's okay to believe that God wants to do something miraculous in your family. I couldn't preach a message like this without referring to what preachers used to tell over and over and over about a man that paid for a cruise ship ticket you remember the story, if you've been in church, he saved his money, he bought the cruise ship ticket, it took everything he had, and he ate cheese and crackers all week long because he spent everything he had on the ticket, and on the last day, somebody said, why have you been eating cheese and crackers? And he said, I can't afford to eat any, I spent everything on, on, the, on the boat fare, and they said, well, don't you understand, when you bought the boat fare, food was unlimited. And I preach to you today about an unlimited God that has unlimited mercy, unlimited power. He is able to secure those uh, come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in the time of need. Uh, he was at all points tempted like as you are. Uh, he understands. That's the whole idea of the Christmas story. That's why he took on flesh, uh, that he could suffer and be tempted like you and I, but provide a way of escape. So tell your neighbor, God is light. And the second revelation that John had was God is love. And there is no greater light than what emanates out of love. Let's get where we live now. There is no greater light than what comes out of real, true, agape love. Your life 
will receive the greatest clarity and blessing and direction when you fundamentally understand that God is love. Hear me. I've been raised in church. My children are sixth generation. And I've seen a lot of people try to earn the love of God. Performance-based. God's got to love me because I prayed so much. I've been faithful in my ties, so God's going to love me. I don't smoke and chew and run with women who do as the saying says, so God's got to love me because of what I don't do and what I do do. You need the light of God's love to shine in your life because God doesn't love you because of anything you do or don't do. He loves you because of who he is. His nature is love. That's why that song said, Son of God loves pure life. I want to preach to you. Your life is going to be lit up with light when you get the fundamental revelation that God is love and love always seeks an object. If you only knew how much your heavenly father desired to love you with agape love today. First John 4 and 10. First John 4 and 10. Herein is love, not that we loved God by our faithfulness, by our prayers, by our holiness. I believe it all. But we love him because he loved us. He loved us. 1 John 4 and 19, we love him because he first loved us. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. Your pastor often references it perhaps at marriages, but when you look at it, it's not a romantic description of love. It's work gloves, if you would, of love. But when we look at 1 Corinthians 13, it's right in between chapter 12 and chapter 14, which are the gifts of the Spirit. So sandwiched in between the gifts of the Spirit is the love chapter, which tells us that we have got to have love. But much more than instruction for people in operation of the kingdom of God, I present to you today that love is a description, 1 Corinthians 13 of who God is. It tells us two things that love is, eight things that love is not. Love is patient, suffers long, and love is kind. Who is the most kindest person in the universe? God. Who will put up with you for the longest? Not your spouse, not your siblings, not your children, your heavenly father. 
I curse the spirit of shame. I curse the spirit of guilt. And through the power of God's word, I shine the light unto him. I tell you, get back up and start running. This is gonna be the greatest year you've ever lived in your life because God, who is love, who is light, has come to bring understanding to your life. Don't operate out of your natural man. Operate out of your spiritual understanding and perception. I'll be done in just a minute. I preach to you that this love that God is is a very specific love. It's a very unique love. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. If you were the only person alive on this earth, God would have died on the cross just for you. I'm taking my time and looking at every one of you eyeball to eyeball today. If you were the only person alive, Calvary's story would be the same. You're not just an empty number. He died specifically, individually, uniquely for you. He doesn't have to love you. He doesn't begrudgingly love you. He doesn't say I have to do it because I'm God. But I preach to you God who is light, who is love, seeks desires to love you. He doesn't put up with you. He desires to be close, upfront and personal with you. How much he stretched out his arms. He died just for you. Now how long, how long? The Bible says Ephesians 1, 4, 5, and 6 that he had chosen you in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of Jesus Christ, the children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This love that he had for you before the world was spoken into existence. Before there was a tree, a flower, a bird, a fish, there was an everlasting love in his heart for the people in this room today. Is his love going to run out? It's an eternal, everlasting love. Started before you were alive. Before the world was in existence, God, who is light, who is love has come and said I will everlastingly love you and finally not only is this love specifically unique and eternally and everlastingly long but this great God loves you absolutely unconditionally what can separate you from the love of God. He goes down through a long list and nothing can separate us from the love of God. 1 John 4 and 16 again. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. 
and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein, watch now, is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love. Where does perfect love come from? When you understand that he loves you unconditionally. Where does your perfect love come from that dispels fear, that dispels all of your mistakes, all the what ifs of life? And why would God love me if I promised him but failed on my commitment to him? All of those questions are cast out when you understand that his love is a perfect love, that he loves you and he can't love you anymore because of what you do or don't. Don't do. Uh, uh, he loves you as much as he loves Jeffrey Dahmer, who was a mass murderer that cut up people and put their body parts in the fridge. Uh, he loves you as much as he loves him and him as much as he loves you. There is nothing you could do that it would ever separate you from the love of God. That's perfect love, and that casts out all fear that the adversary gets up, the accuser of the brother, the slanderer that comes and tells you that you've missed out on what God's plan was for your life. The enemy that tries to come and tell you you made too many wrong turns to get it right, uh, that you gotta settle for second best. Perfect love cast all of that out. And perfect love says that he loves you unconditionally because God is love. <laughs> perfect love takes on meaning when you understand what it cost him. I preach to you when the God-man hung upon the cross. Bible said to wit that God was in Christ manifesting himself to this world. It was not a, it was not divine flesh that hung on the cross. It was natural flesh that took pain. It was real crown of thorns. It was real spikes in his hands and his feet that he felled. And he did it out of love. I thank God for it. I thank God for it. You know why I thank God for it? When I consider how much I don't deserve that kind of love. When I deserve, I know as judge and jury uh, that I don't deserve any love, more or less perfect love, uh, more or less that kind of love that is unconditional and eternal and it's specific just for me. Uh, but he chose to do it because of his nature. He is love. My final scripture is Ephesians 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Are you rooted and grounded in love today or religion? That ye being rooted and grounded in love. We don't do things for God to love us. We do things because God loves us. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. Watch now. What is the breath? Are you seeing through your natural man or your spiritual man now? Are you seeing through the 99.7%? Are you seeing through the night vision goggles? 
to know, comprehend, understand with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of God which passes understanding. He wants to bring further dimensions to our hearts today of who he really is. Oh, the width of the love of God. John said every nation, every kindred, every tongue, what a glorious day it's going to be when we get to that place and you see the great width that God's love, the swath of humanity that he reached down and loved. It was 10,000 times 10,000 and a thousand thousands. Another place he simply called it a great multitude which no man can unnumber. That's how wide the love of God is. How, how deep is the love of God? The Bible says if I make my bed in hell thou art there he would go all the way to hell to grab you what's the length of the love of God it is a river that runs so long it will continue forever Jeremiah said it's an everlasting love how high is it if I fly with the birds and wings of a bird it's there it's enough to take you all the way to heavenly places today the love of God is he said it's something that we have to know. That word know is not just a mental understanding. It's something that has to be experienced. It's experiential. It's something that must be lived out. And I preach to you today to be filled with God would be a great thing. To be filled with the fullness of God is even greater. But to be filled with all the fullness of God is his intent for you and I here today. I pray, oh God, open our understanding that we could see, that we could know. Open our understanding today to understand the light of God's love. Bring it all together again. That third stanza, silent night, holy night, son of God, is love's pure light. I'm preaching to people here today that's been operating in the natural understanding of God's love. I'm preaching to people today, you're making decisions. Should I go to church? Should my whole life be about God? And my question to you today is borrowed from the third stanza of Silent Night. Do you understand the Son of God and love's pure light? Musicians can come. The year was 1829. George Wilson, probably not kin to this Wilson crew, because he was convicted of robbing the mail truck. He was sentenced to death. Because of his friend's influence, George Wilson was pardoned by President Andrew Jackson. But while George Wilson was on death row and the pardon came from the president, he refused the president's pardon. It was such a quandary that they 
They didn't know what to do because it was refused, so it was sent to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled on the case, and this is what the Supreme Court said. The decision was that if the prisoner does not accept the pardon, it's not in effect. And I quote, a pardon is a deed to the validity of which delivery is essential and delivery is not complete without acceptance. So I preach to you these principles of God's word. I'm not preaching to you my opinion. I'm not preaching to you a cute little Christmas sermon today. I preach to you God's eternal word. I give you a pardon out of your prison. Excuse me. The word of God gives you a pardon out of your prison today. God's eternal promises that are both sure and steadfast. They're an anchor for our soul that's not anchored to anything in this world that's under the curse, but it's anchored beyond the veil in the heavenlies. It's something you can build your life on. But just like the Supreme Court said that if it's not accepted, it's just a piece of paper. God's eternal light and love that comes into your heart is just a piece of paper if it's not applied to your heart and life today. Love's pure light. To understand light and direction gotta understand God's love today would you stand to your feet would you bow your head Father it's on this Christmas Eve morn you came to this world as a babe in Bethlehem he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God Father, I pray for everyone in this audience today. I pray that they would not stumble through life. I pray, God, they would not walk in darkness. I pray, God, that they would not live in darkness with all kinds of false imagery because the light of your love has not shined upon them. God, but as that babe came into this world, You took no reputation. You became the form of a servant. You came to this world out of love. that You could give us light. I pray for every man and woman in this house today. The greatest Christmas present would not go unwrapped. The greatest present that you could ever give, God, is the light of your love in our heart and life. And I pray it would not be discarded or thrown in the trash today, but everyone would open that God and as they step into 20 and 24 they would not stumble in darkness God but they would see in a brand new way faith would be sparked today God they would see him who is invisible as Moses did in Hebrews chapter 12 they would forsake the world and they would turn toward the promises that you have over their life and their family in this church I pray God that someone would emerge from the dark shadows today to be leaders as young people as young married as elders dear God your hand rest upon them and I pray you would turn the light on 
Love's pure light. They would operate in confidence like they've never had before, understanding that power of who you are. I don't know what your custom is here, but I think on this special weekend Sunday morning, we need to come around the altars of family today. Uh, grab that person's hand next to you. Uh, let's come around and make it a family altar today. Let's come uh, and thank, thank him for coming to this world. Uh, come asking him, say, Lord, uh, let love's pure light shine and rule in our home. Let love's pure light rule in our marriage. Let love's pure light direct our steps. Come raising your hands and your hearts to heaven and say, God, let love shine in my heart. Let the light of love shine in my heart today. I don't want to live life which is my natural man. It cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit. Let my life be rooted and grounded, the height, the depth, the breadth. <laughs> Help me to see those things today. Keep coming close, keep coming close around the front. We're praying one for another. It's a family altar. It's a family altar today. Would you raise your voice, your heart to heaven today? Change me, oh God, change me, oh God, change 
Bible says the love of Christ constraineth us. If you were to ask Paul how he could endure beaten by a rod and stuck out in the ocean and rejected and that great list there, he would tell you, because I received a revelation of the love of God, it constrains me, it propels me. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So when we receive God's love inside, we want to do the same thing it did to us. And I can think of no greater Christmas Eve, Sunday morning thing that we could do in preaching about light and love than to find somebody and pray over them. It's the greatest gift you can ever give someone. I know it may make you feel uncomfortable a little bit, but love is greater than our emotions. Would you find someone near you there that you haven't prayed with yet? And would you pray over them? Pray a blessing over their life. Pray a blessing over their home. Would you allow the Holy Ghost to flow through you today? Would you speak life over them? Would you speak life over their ministry? Would you speak life over their future? Would you speak life over their giftings? Come on, let the Holy Ghost flow through you now.
word this morning. What a powerful message this morning, Brother John McDonald delivered. Awesome man of God, awesome word from the Lord.